You gotta unstick. What do you do to relax? Relax. Needless to say, I back. Oh, for crying out loud. Calling it Chris now, baby, I'm aware. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast, the podcast where we review a ton of Marvel Cinematic Universe movies and a lot of Marvel properties. Obviously, we've done Deadpool in the past, and now we're getting into our first animated film, which was uh, really interesting to get into over this past weekend. Into the Spider-Verse came out, and this was a fantastic movie, which I I'm so happy to discuss with the only other member of the MC <laughs> University team on the podcast with me today, Jerome Cheng, aka Black Dragon Roll. I guess uh, Nitsan and Jake were too hipster for this pod today, huh? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, we, 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 we were just like, I think it's more of a testament to how much we were excited to do this. Like, we were. I jumped at the opportunity to watch it as soon as I could this weekend. Um, I know you have been talking about it ever since uh, Comic-Con New York. Right. So you, you've been like just set to do this all. And um, yeah, no, it's like super exciting. Like I wanted to talk about it yesterday. I was asking you what your plans were. I'm, I'm with <laughs> yeah. family right now, but yeah. uh, we can <laughs> wait. But no, no, uh, I know Nitsan and Jake are planning to see it soon enough. Maybe we'll get back together for a nice little like uh, wrap up. But I think... Just for the recency of it, you know, we just want to jump on it as soon as we can. And I think just mostly because we're so excited. I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah, I think more than anything else, like I preface this with the context of having gone to Comic-Con and having seen the first 30 minutes of this movie and being absolutely amazed with what I saw. I was Mm -hmm. looking so forward to seeing how this movie concluded and and in in its entirety. And this film was directed by Bob Perchetti, mm-hmm. uh, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman, and it's a screenplay by Phil Lord and uh, Rodney Rothman. I mean, and, I want to just like just because you mentioned his name, Phil Lord, uh, one half of usually Phil Lord and Chris Miller. I love everything that they do, like everything from Clone High, Twenty One Jump Street, Lego Movie. I wish they finished Solo. I wish they got to actually keep that property and like do the rest of it. Um, just a huge fan of their stuff. When I found out at the end of the movie in the credits that they were behind it, I was like. That actually makes a lot of sense why I like so much of the comedy, the tone, the writing in this. It's yeah, it's great. Yeah. 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 You know, the you know, the funny you mentioned the tone. There is something about the color schemes, how vibrant, how vibrant the movie felt. The energy just jumps off the screen to you. Is like let's get into some like general thoughts. Like what what were you thinking in terms of? of when you are as this movie is unfolding you know mm-hmm. what 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 were the first thoughts that came to mind for you okay so i feel like we're really spoiled at this point for such a long time and they even like make jokes about it in this uh talking about the uh lesser appreciated spider-man moments shout out to the dancing that they do in the movie but ever since civil war we've had four straight just perfect tone, perfect Spider-Man on screen. And Spider-Woman, shouts to Gwen Stacy, but it's 
so awesome. And I feel like really spoiled at this point that we've had this many. Uh, and what's really great about this movie for me is just it jumps right in. I feel like this is a lived in Spider-Verse and not just all the multiverse that's involved. But the second you jump in the movie, Spider-Man has existed for such a long time. Everyone knows who he is. There's no explaining it. I mean, I know they do origin stories, which were a really fun touch for each of them. But it's just so cool that you just jump in. And everything makes sense. You know, Aunt May has lived a life with Peter Parker and she under, knows who he is. Mary Jane, same thing to everyone in New York City. So it's just cool seeing it play out and also just seeing this whole like exchanging of the mantle, you know, taking over um, with Miles Morales because it's so rare that we see like it's a common thing in comics, but in film, we don't ever see a superhero really be like really take over for another superhero in the exact same role and that was a really cool story to jump into yeah and i th- and i think one of the things like when when miles morales first was introduced to uh marvel i think a lot of a lot of people especially people of color were really excited because they they you know you want to see a minority a minority be represented in that way you know people always talk about there's not enough black superheroes they're not mm-hmm. there's not enough you know ethnic superheroes in general so mm-hmm. i think my i think the miles morales and i got the feeling from a lot of people who i was in the theater with obviously there were a lot of uh parents with their kids and i think that representation is just so it's just so important to see i mean we know uh, the, we know the cultural impact of black panther and, right. and and all those things and and it was just i think to tell that story in a different way and also like the like i mentioned earlier the energy the energy mm-hmm. of the film like there's a lot of like really heart wrenching stuff in the oh my film goodness. but it still finds a way to be hopeful and and in its own way energetic and happy and mm-hmm. it's all you know in its own little way and i think we got to see so many different aspects of the 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 spider-man universe you, you get an older an older uh chubbier peter parker amazing who's, which is just like was played by jake so johnson or yes. miller of new girl fame like just the perfect actor for that role if anyone's a fan of new girl i know if nits were on this pod right now she would definitely shout it out but to have Nick Miller voice the schlubby Spider-Man is just so perfect. I love it so much. And then you look at this cast. There's so many different. There's so many different. Can we talk about voices. the cast? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so I, I wrote down a list just because I, I was astounded. So we already mentioned Jake Johnson as yes. Peter B. Parker, Chris Pine as Peter Parker, the perfect Peter Parker. Yes. Haley Steinfeld as Gwen. Marshala Ali as Uncle Aaron. Are you kidding me? Like I know. Brian Tyree Henry as uh, Jefferson Davis. Lily Tomlin as May. Zoe Kravitz as MJ. Uh, John Mulaney, one of my favorite comedians, as Spider Pig. Uh, Catherine Hahn, Doc Ock, Liev Schreiber, Kingpin. Oscar Isaac just shows up in the post credit scene. And I don't even and mention – wait. I don't even mention the one. Who plays Spider-Man yes. Noir? <laughs> I know. Oh my god! I mean, jeez, it's so perfect. Just Zach Harper. Um, Yeah, man. Like, it's just so cool to see this this interesting amount of notable actors, and 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 it was so cool to hear the different voices being Mm -hmm. played. There are just so many. 
so many fun aspects to this movie. I think. All right, so let, let let's get into a little bit of. of I just want to mention one thing, thing, just because you were talking about uh, yeah. how Black Panther was such an important uh, moment for the culture, uh, and especially like for black superheroes. But I almost feel like Miles Morales was even a bigger thing, and probably Miles Morales, at least in film form, cannot be as impactful without Black Panther being as big as it is, maybe. But with Black Panther, to me, it's like that's a black superhero. Miles Morales is a superhero who is originally white. And just to have that and just the whole idea, the theme of the film, that like anyone can be Spider-Man, like it's such a beautiful thing just to have that all together. And uh, and then you mentioned like tone earlier. I, I mentioned how we've had four note-perfect Spider-Man uh, appearances in film. And twice so far he's died. Like we've already seen it in Infinity War. We've seen it in this film too. It's crazy. Anyway, sorry to cut you off. No, no, no problem. Cut me off at any time. Uh, I think it's just, I, I, I think when you look at that, and I think you mentioned the anybody can be Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I think those that type of message, I think it's so cool for, you know, not only the youth, but anybody, anybody who's just like, I feel like this was an uplifting movie and it's not, I, and I don't think it's hyperbole for me to say that. I, right. I think it's just like you, you come out of the theater and you feel good about what you just watched right. and all of those things. So Yeah, because you have Miles right. Morales as yeah. um, one Spider-Man, but you also have a female Spider-Man. You have an Asian Spider-Man. Like there's, yes. it's great. Anyway, go ahead. I'm really excited about this film. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. So, all right. So let's get into like some uh, some of the uh, some of the characters. Who was actually your favorite Spider-Man of the film? Well, it's got to be Miles, though, right? Are we not counting, or are we saying outside of Miles? I should say outside of Miles because I feel okay. like Miles is an automatic uh, okay um, person yeah, you root for. Man, okay. So when it comes to noir um, and Penny Parker and Spider Pig, I feel like those are more just novelty. I mean, they're super fun to have around. It was really funny in the different ways that they just kind of go off the rails with those characters. Um, Gwen Stacy is so cool in this. <laughs> I'm sorry, like just so cool in it, and um, I really just appreciate the look, the style, uh, and the character itself. Her relationship with miles that develops in it um i gotta say and i get like partly because it's a blonde white girl and a black spider-man like there's a lot of like cloak and dagger vibes i'm getting in this film not just in that but just like throughout it too like the father dynamic everything that's going on there how great of a character miles is uh i just remember thinking about that and i was like i gotta talk to ac about it because like he will appreciate any cloak and dagger shout outs on yeah but um I love Peter B. Parker. I got to say that. Like, I really enjoy that. Um, we were just talking about it before we started recording about that. Uh, is it a Screen Rant article? That's what it was that uh, was talking about him being the uh, people are not a fan of the headline, the true Spider-Man. Like, I understand it's contradictory to the whole theme of the film. But he really when I was watching it, I just remember thinking, no, this is Spider-Man. Like, as pathetic as he gets at points like i think what people forget it's like the chris pine spider-man is what we understand as spider-man as like the idea of spider-man like how big of a star it is he's like one of the most famous characters in marvel history comic book history but the character itself is a tragic character 
each of them are rooted in tragedy. And the whole point of this series is that things never really work out for Peter. They can, he continually saves a day. He's amazing, but things don't work out. So seeing that version of Spider-Man, the one who's like jaded, although still Spider-Man is really just a great take on the character, I think. And especially because he has the full arc through the film that, you know, he starts off saying he doesn't want kids. He has this relationship with Miles, which is a really beautiful thing. And then kind of comes back into his own reality, which is, I think, our actual reality, the original Marvel reality. Um, and, like, tries to turn it around. So I think, yeah, he's just the most compelling character uh, outside of Miles. He's a teacher who doesn't know the first thing about teaching. Right, yeah. right. right, right. He, he, yeah, eventually he finds his way. And man, that was a heartbreaking moment. And like when after the Prowler, uh, um, what you call it, Miles's uncle's uncle died. Aaron, yeah, yeah, Uncle Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, when when Peter Peter tells Miles that he can't do this, he has to stay back. That was really sad. But that, that was, was like really- also that was also like a really important moment and also a uh, a push off point for Miles. So it is, yeah, it was. Um- your read on that scene is that do you think that he really truly didn't want him to come along or that he felt like that was maybe the final push to kind of put him over the edge like what like that was his gambit at that point what did how did you take that scene because i i I would need to rewatch it but in the moment i was like is there a little bit of a slide like you know this might be the part that like really pushes him to like achieving his potential See, I really believe that it was because I think all of the all of the other Spider-Men who were hanging out outside the window were hoping for Miles to get out there mm-hmm. and, and figure it out. But I think he always believed in him, and right. and I think he was hoping that you know that would be the the type of thing that pushed him. The leap of faith. But more, but yeah, the leap of faith. But more importantly, I think it was better that after they left. Um, uh, Miles' father, Jefferson, comes to the door and you know talks to him, and he can't he can't respond. But I also think it was important that his father was also a important uh, push off point for him in yeah. taking that leap and 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 moving forward. It's it's a beautiful uh, scene that one there, and just the different dynamics. Just because I didn't mention at the top, but I really was I knew about Miles Morales as a character. I knew what he represented. I didn't look into any of the stories prior to. So for me, this was my entry point to understanding this version of Ultimate Spider-Man. And it was just such a cool thing. Like that's one thing that was really exciting about this in ways that I can't say uh, allows for me in MCU. With MCU, we these are stories that we know have been told. And I think with our podcast for it and how much we get into it, like we just yeah. can't help but know or have good ideas about what's going to happen. Whereas here, everything was so fresh for me. And that was such a cool thing. And fresh, but at the same time, so familiar. Because it just nails Spider-Man perfectly. Yeah, I I think there's just... It's just a a lot to... It's a lot to digest from the standpoint of... And and a lot to digest, I I should say, in a good way. Because it's like... There's so many aspects of the film that you dive into, and this you needs what, a rewatch, say, like multiple rewatches. It does because it was really, it was just really well done, and I mm-hmm. think they hit all the notes that they they intended to to hit. Uh, who who who's your favorite villain in, in the in the movie? Ooh, um, I gotta say, Doc Ock was super fun, um, and that, I'll yeah. be honest, like again, as someone who kind of threw themselves in 
naive to everything that was going on. That was a genuine surprise for me. And it was a cool moment. Right. Uh, yeah. and, uh, so that was really cool. I got to say the, uh, Fisk moment was like just Fisk as a character was really cool. Uh, especially when you think about the, um, Daredevil series and how much we got into that. Uh, I think it was really cool to see, another version of Fisk, but all at the same time having a lot of those same root things. Like, I think it was very cool that he was doing all this and you discover later, it wasn't a way to, you know, take over the world or anything like that. He was trying to bring his own family back. Everything about this film yeah. is about family. And that yeah. makes him such a tragic character, even though he's doing insane things. Um, yes. Yeah, it was, I would say those two really stood out for me. How about you? Well, you know, you mentioned Kingpin, and yeah, that's a tragic story. And I even think the way that he was drawn onto the screen, there's just mm-hmm. this darkness, this extra darkness to him. Right, um, because he's like his head just like sits in between this large mass of a person. It's really cool, like animation. Like it's one of the things that's really great about having an animated series or animated version of it is that you get to mm-hmm. see these like fully exaggerated characters uh, as you would want to imagine them. And you see why he kills Spider-Man at the beginning and actually gets his hands dirty. We don't usually know the Kingpin as the type to get his hands dirty unless he absolutely has to. Right. But his hatred of Spider-Man and him blaming Spider-Man for what happened to his family right. was the impetus for him to actually kill him, which I have to say was so it was very jarring to yeah. see at the beginning of the film. Which, and you the, know, and it, yeah. And at the same time, it's just because you see this is a failed experiment at that point in the film and Spider-Man tells him like, I saw it and it's not possible. So for him, like he is at his most desperate in that moment, which is really cool. Uh, I think we talked about it when we talked about uh, the infinity war trailer, but you were talking about desperate Thanos. Like that was desperate yeah. Kingpin in that moment. And that was right. a really powerful moment. Yeah, it, it definitely was. I want to give a shout out to obviously Aaron Davis, the prowler, because I think mm-hmm. the relationship between he and Miles, uh, uncle and nephew, I think it's very important to the film mm-hmm. um, it, in its own way, especially when when Aaron makes the the sacrifice uh, himself when, you know, he when Miles unmasks in that whole fight at uh, Aunt May's house that we see that whole situation play out and, you know, he sacrifices himself to save his nephew and... That in itself, you know, that, you know, it's a tragedy and the same tragedy is Jefferson losing his brother and not having a relationship with his brother because of, you know, the fact that they both decided to go in different directions um, with their uh, career paths uh, per se. So how familiar were you with the Miles Morales Spider-Man? Like, did you read through the comics? Because I know you're usually our go to for this, but I just wanted to understand because like I said, for me, this was completely fresh. But for you, was this something that like was already things that you were expecting and knew about? So I had a solid understanding of who the Prowler was, mm-hmm. um, a- Aaron Davis, and I think that's why, like when you when I saw uh, Donald Glover play him in Homecoming, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that was a nice little nod, and mm-hmm. it, it makes you wonder if at some point we see Miles Morales there. So I knew a little bit about who Miles Morales is, and I've kind of read more of the more like. Uh, season Miles Morales as Spider-Man. You see him in Civil War 2 in right. the books playing a huge part in you know, but possibly them stopping him from killing Captain America because there's this there's this um there's this enhanced uh, meta human that can see into the future and one of the futures is 
is Miles killing Captain America. So that becomes wow. a, a huge storyline uh, of uh, Civil War Two. So all of all, like the Miles Morales story is it, it's a different story, mm-hmm. and I think they they wanted to do it different with as far as him having tragedies. Um, you know, not related to his actual family. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that happens um, in the Spider-Man video game, because they, in the latest one uh, for for PS4, they introduce Miles Morales in that video game, uh, and um, his father actually dies in it. Really? So okay. Think, like from yeah, so like so so from that aspect, like they they have done uh, different takes on the char- character. In, in different forms of media, I think just the one thing that I want to say about the character itself in the comics, and I think they did a good job of establishing that in the movie as well, it's a well-fleshed-out uh, character with good family values. Yes. And it, very good family values, and I think that's, that's like, really cool to see. That dynamic um, at the beginning of the, the film screen. is, like, one of those things that really gave me Cloak and Dagger vibes. Just how much yeah. I love the character of Miles and his family and how important that was all to the fabric of this film is, yeah, one of those things that, like, you, you know when we did the pot there, that was my favorite part of that, and that's my favorite part here, too. Yeah, but so it's absolutely so much fun. All right, so, like, another, another kind of interesting thing I wanted to get onto, I don't know if you remember any, but... What what would you would you say is your favorite line of the film? Okay, so this is a cheat because it's not a line in the film. It's the quote that appears at the end as the tribute to Stan Lee. But mm-hmm. um, I did take that down. That person who helps others simply because it should or must be done and because it is the right thing to do is indeed without a doubt a real superhero. It's it's such yeah. a nice moment and also just when thinking about everything that happened i'm assuming this was all made before well no obviously this was all made beforehand but to see the stanley cameo in the film yes. which was just yes. like such a fun cameo where it gave you a little bit of the heart of stanley and what he means to this franchise but at the same time there was cheekiness to it um so that was just like the part in the film where i remember even when he appears on screen and it's not him, obviously it's the animated version of him but there, you can hear an audible like kind of sigh you know because everyone just kind of waited it in that moment um yeah but yeah it's a really beautiful quote that perfectly sums up the movie uh outside of that i think the quotes like leap of faith um yeah anyone can be spider-man like uh yes. when aaron passes away uncle aaron passes i might be taking everything from you i'm sorry but the last one when uncle aaron, aaron passes away and he just says you're the best of us just how many different ways that yeah. line can mean like in terms of the family in terms of like, spider uh characters but uh how about you uh well, well i have a couple i think the leap of faith line actually like you know we see it play out in different ways and i think it's definitely used for for different people even peter b parker as he's as he's trying to find his way after you know after a mile sends him back you know he, he goes on his way to try and uh, work things out with mj which was really cool to see mm-hmm. um another line i really loved was when was when P- when uh, Peter B and Miles uh, were eating, and Peter goes, "I love this burger; it's so delicious. One of the best burgers I've ever had." You have money, right? I'm not very liquid right now. And Miles oh responds, "I think you're going to be a bad teacher." And I think, but that isn't was that so, Peter that Parker? So- like, isn't that Peter Parker? experience like for everything that he does spectacularly as spider-man as peter parker he is poor broke like cannot hold a job can't do anything quite right like isn't that the whole essence of it like i feel that just nails it 
perfectly. Yeah, dead. I think I, I think I said it once on Twitter. Uh, Peter Parker is the most woke and most broke superhero that <laughs> that, that that there is. I love um, that. That there is out there. Uh, uh, another another good another funny line was um, uh, you know somebody sees all of the Spider People and Spider Ham goes do animals talk in this dimension because I don't want to freak him out and the man passes out. So, so that was pretty that was cool. well. I love the irony that I chose the heartfelt ones this time, and you chose all the funny ones because <laughs> it's usually the other way around. So that's that's perfect. I know. <laughs> yeah, man. So like, I, I, I man, it, it's just so many different, so many different uh, lines, and I think you know it's it's cool because you do need you do need the dialogue to kind of hit home with you in certain certain aspects, For especially sure. with with the the Spider Man character being such a a uh, monumental one, I think, to not only a lot of fans, but I think the the aspect of telling telling the story was just uh, really important. So let me ask you, what was your favorite scene of this film? I gotta say, it's the time because we were talking about. I was saying how much I love the dynamic between Peter B. and Miles when they he first learns how to swing in the forest as they're getting away. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a really beautiful moment just because they play all the comedy up the whole time. And you can just see how Miles is con- continuing to warm up to Peter. But not only that, but just like the true essence of Peter just being genuinely a good person, no matter how much he's been jaded through life. Um, for them to experience that joy, I feel like that's just the dynamic that is Spider-Man, you know, poor schlub, but really finds joy when they become like their true selves and it's a great moment yeah man i i i really like that scene um i thought the uh the, when uh when kingpin like i said earlier when kingpin killed spider-man it was jarring um, oh my god sure yes. it, it was very jarring it was like oh okay we're doing this kind of movie okay so like how many so, deaths are in this film you know like yeah there's a couple of ones and they were all and they're all like really important to the these the story pushing off oh my gosh um, yeah the the uh the the wake slash funeral scene where mary jane is talking about peter mm-hmm. parker i think mm-hmm. is very important with the music playing um, right i think that was really cool um i also thought miles prevailing after sending everybody back even peter be willing to sacrifice himself but yep. miles is like no you need to go and i need to i need to take this leap of faith i need to take the onus and be the hero oh that's um, great yeah was was great and him taking on kingpin and winning with his father cheering him on even though he didn't know who who spider-man was at that point um i think that you was, bring uh, that up and i think about awesome. after the fight where he goes up to his father as Spider-Man. And hugs him. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> hugs him and tells him I love you. In, in, his, in his adult voice, it reminds me of yeah. Homecoming where they use the interrogation voice. Like, I'm not a yeah. man. <laughs> like, I'm not a lady. I'm a man. Like, oh, it's so good. Um, yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, man. All of it's like – all of it's just really fantastic in ways that you 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 can't describe. So, okay. So, we talked a little bit about the Stanley cameo – so one of the things that I did also want to talk about, mm-hmm. how good, how incredible was that post credit scene? It's, oh my God. 
it, like this is how you do post credit scenes. Like I think yes. we're at this point now um, where I feel a lot of a lot more people could understandably be on the McKay side of the argument of just these mm-hmm. post credit. Shout out to McKay. I love that guy. Um, just you could be over these, and I got to say, two of the best post credit scenes I've seen in Marvel films, Spider-Man Homecoming and now Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, just playing off the idea of it and um, creating, extending this universe while playing up the comedy for it, uh, Spider-Man 2099. I think that's the character that we see at the end there. Again, voiced by Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. I know. And then uh, seeing that and just the recreation of the meme, perfect yeah i know so it was perfect. just so funny everybody in the theater was cracking up um ah, so good even even the kids so it's like cool to see like the kids even know uh even know the spider-man meme and and what goes along with that i really mm-hmm. really enjoy i'm happy it. for this generation that they get the best spider-man today because they i mean we're just gonna be there like just yelling as old heads just like you don't know how bad this was <laughs> you don't know how bad it got at times <laughs> Um, they're they're really lucky. <laughs> yeah, man. I that, they, yeah, they really are. And I, I think the intro, um, the intro into this this particular universe, and hopefully seeing more. It was cool to see Spider Man twenty ninety nine, mm-hmm. uh, Miguel O'Hara. Mm-hmm. That 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 was cool in itself. So I I was I was looking into kind of some of the future of this film, and they plan to do uh, not only a sequel based off of Miles, but a right. sequel. Uh, based off of the spider women, uh, spider Gwen, and uh-huh. maybe actual spider woman as well. So, uh-huh. like from that standpoint, what what would you like to see from the future of this series? It's hard to say, um, just because, like I said, this is also fresh to me, so I don't really know a lot about it. I will say, just for how well it's done, I really hope there's some way that obviously you can't make it fully connected, but integrated into MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, more than anything, I want to see Miles Morales in MCU. Just I know that we have a really great Spider-Man in Tom Holland right now, and I think we're probably a little further away from being able to get there. Who knows? Who knows how far we can go with it? But yeah, um, just in how much I love this character coming out of this, I really would love to see that eventually come in there. Just because now I feel like I can trust people behind it to make a really right. good Spider-Man uh, story. No, I, I, yeah, I think it's one of those things where it, uh, people always are going to want more content, but I think I think more than anything else when it's as well done as this, you want to see more and you will get and I know this like I, I love how they left it at the end like, you know, like what you call it uh Miles, I need your help with something. I think that's how the that's how the uh, the before the the regular credits uh, started playing. I think that's what happened. So I think we'll we'll definitely get something. And I kind of look forward to the idea of this animated uh, universe uh, continuing and flourishing. And I think they really found a diamond in the rough here because I think a lot of people weren't expecting the the uh, fervor for this movie to be as much as it was. But I think people started hearing about it. Um, in right. screenings a couple of weeks ago. I had a bad and, frame of reference just because like, you were the person who was telling me all about it. So to me, I'm like, this is the biggest movie to come out. <laughs> but I don't, yeah. I don't know that this was like such a big deal 
for the public. And understandably, I mean, it's an animated Marvel film. Um, everything is under the shadow of MCU. So if it's not MCU, you almost disregard it because you just don't think it's going to be that great. Um, Shouts out to Venom. Um, but <laughs> Venom's fine. I actually like Venom. We, we never really talked about it, but Venom's fine. I, I, like, there's no reason for any kind of real yeah, hate it's on right. it's, a, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think, yeah, I think it, it's really exciting for this because you can see, like, there are opportunities to tell really great stories that don't actually have to live under the umbrella of MCU. Right. Right, and I think, and, and sometimes you need that. I felt like there's something really just fresh about this movie that just made me feel differently about. Fresh is definitely the thought, like the word that comes to mind throughout as I think about this film. And you know what? It, and for an animated movie, it found a way to not get too campy and keep the stakes around while it was happening mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in a way that was really impressive. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I'm trying to think if there's any extraneous thoughts that I have otherwise. I would say, um, uh, just because yeah. we talked about everyone, and we didn't talk about the one person who plays Spider-Man, Shamik Moore did a fantastic job yes. as Miles Morales in this. Just because we mentioned yes. every other actor in this film, but and that's on me because I was listening to them all out. But really a huge shout-out to Shamik Moore and uh, how he brings this character onto the screen. It's a fantastic job. Yeah, and it's not, and, and not only that. Like another scene that I enjoyed was when he first got his powers, and then, um, you know, you don't know who Gwen, who Gwen actually is. She's uh, quote unquote uh, Wanda at the time. Right, right. Uh, Doesn't hide um, it very well. <laughs> I gotta say. Yeah, <laughs> and then she, and then um, he gets his, he gets his hand stuck on on her hair. That was just another such funny, a uh, funny scene. Yeah, that was another funny scene, and I, th- I just think like. They they just did it in a way that just made you really enjoy it. So I guess I guess here's kind of like a thing that we could kind of almost close on in terms of not just animated films. And I'll leave it to you to classify how you wanna how you wanna judge this mm-hmm. in terms of uh, in terms of just a, a straight movie for a Spider-Man film. Okay, um, it's up there. It's the recency bias like makes it really hard for me to just put it number one. Mm-hmm. I love Spider-Man Homecoming, and as much as I've uh, clowned previous Spider-Man inter- iterations, Spider-Man 2 is still a fantastic Spider-Man film. Um, I would say this definitely ranks up there with those two. Just, it nails the character perfectly. Um, it does benefit from being animated because you get to really separate from seeing recognizable actors on screen and really just invest yourself in the characters and story, like even more so than usual. Um, yeah, it, it's such a good fun film. And I've mentioned it on previous pods. Spider-Man is probably my favorite character. So to see it done right is always a thrilling experience for me. Um, and one thing I w- want to point out, just because we were talking about how there's real hope for um, non-MCU properties uh, and like good things coming out of it, one thing I really liked about this in the ways that because of the multiverse and because it's a lived-in Spider-Verse, uh, they got to be a little meta about things, um, which I really enjoyed. Uh, this might be the hope that I feel in mind where it's like, you might be able to have like a PG version Deadpool, just in the sense that um, Deadpool is like also that character that 
likes to laugh at itself, likes to break the uh, fourth wall and do all these kind of like meta things. But of course, it's like extremely vulgar. Um, but this is one where I feel like it still nails the comedy in a very family friendly way. So um, anyway, I but I digress. Uh, this ranks up as one of the top Spider-Man films, like period, easily. Yeah, I think um, I think for me, it's like Spider-Man Two was particularly special and in its own way as a superhero film. Um, Spider-Man: Homecoming was a really great intro- introduction to. Uh, Tom Holland's uh, version of Peter Parker. And I think this one just hit... This one, man, it just hits all the notes. It hits all the notes, and there was something... There was a certain energy that I left the movie theater with that made me feel like, wow, this was really the best Spider-Man movie I've seen. And That was a claim you, know, you made been, to us in the group chat afterwards. And I've, been, and I've been thinking about it from like, okay, so you take recency bias into account and you take all these other things into account and you think about it. And I come around and I think about it now talking to you and I I still feel the same way. And I think, I think mainly the reason that I feel this way is because I think, there, I think this is a film that we can watch kids can watch and i think you can it's relatable to people who go through stuff and who are looking for their own inner hero and i think that i think that aspect of it is really is really important and i think the message behind it is a really positive and good one that you know that that you wouldn't have expected you expect the fun, you expect the funny, yeah. but you don't expect the message and you don't expect it to be as relatable as it was. Yeah, I mean, I think relatable is such a good point. I, Spider-Man is one of Marvel's best characters, so you really want to see it done correctly. And now you get to. It's great. Um, and it's, like you said, something that, oh, it's loud here once. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor Jerome. It's much better. There Shout out to anyone who stayed with us this long, too. <laughs> <laughs> As I try to find a quiet spot to record this pod. Um, yeah, it's he's such a relatable character, and he's a young character, too. So, like, it's just, I feel it should be inspirational toward children, younger generations. So, to see it done right, and to your point, like, I, it's great. It's a great one. Probably, maybe the best. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely up there. Um, this has been a pleasure to discuss. Yes, um, I can't wait to hear what um, Jake and Nitz about it. To be honest, yeah, I, yeah. I would love to hear their thoughts about it, and maybe we'll get them at at a at a later time. Uh-huh. Uh, but but for now, uh, Jerome, where can we follow you, sir? You can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Black Dragon Roll. And uh, if you can hear this in the background, you can find me near noisy construction at all times. It seems like so. And- <laughs> And there you go. This is a pleasure to do with you, sir. Um, obviously, you can follow me on Twitter at AC Spotlight 95, AC Spotlight Podcast. Uh, right after this, we're going to record a uh, Raptors Opinions Matter episode, which should be very fun. I can't wait. Looking, f- looking forward to that. <laughs> and um, yeah, they, what you call it? Check out Marvel Cinematic University. Check out Sorted History. Check out the back to back podcast where Nitsan is on the Friday mailbag every week. Uh, and check us all out as we appear everywhere and just have 
as much fun as we have doing this this uh, podcast together. I have one more. Check out Six Second Cinema, the new episode by uh, super producer Jay Christie, the godfather of this podcast. Yes. Um, that's out now, so definitely go check that out. First episode's out. Uh, rate subscribe review i did i say that in the right order i don't care um do yeah, all those things. matter do point. all those things um yeah. and yeah we hope you enjoyed this uh, can't wait to talk to everyone about uh this film and all the other mcu things because it feels like i don't know everything is going to be marvel for the next little bit much to the dismay of big ones <laughs> everything will be marvel <laughs> for the next couple of months um can't wait yeah, yeah, it's it's been really fun, and uh, I bid you adieu by saying, hey, sometimes you just got to take a leap of faith. I'm not scared of the dark. I'm not running, running, running. No, I'm not afraid of the fall I'm not scared Not at all Why would a star, a star Ever be afraid of the dark I'm not scared